Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about that surprise release from Marshall Bruce Mathers III, Mr. Eminem. We're talking about music to be murdered by. My name is Holden Stefanroy. This is the Headspace Podcast. This is the show where we break down track by track all the albums that come out, the new ones, not all, but like new albums, like Eminem's Music to be Murdered by, discussing each song, going into depth, detail, and length. So, if you're not that interested in watching somebody stand out over a crazy new Eminem project for like a lengthy period of time, this may not be the thing for you, but if you're down to go in deep, check out the lyrics, go through the tracks, see what is happening here on this album, well, join me, because this is Music to be Murdered by. Anyhow, Mr. Christopher could not be here with me today simply because he is feeling under the weather. Montreal, the city where I live, is full of illness at this time of year. And thankfully for me, I got the illness last week, allowing me to have recovered in time to wake up. Now, um, yeah, before we get into it, I do just want to let y'all know, I recognize I'm not a professional. My opinion is what it is. I'm going to acknowledge now this is a Stan-like review today because of how I feel in excitement for this project. However, I will do my best to be myself, critical in my mind, the way that I come through and spit the truth as I know it. But you may disagree with me. You may like what I have to say. You may love the album. You may hate the album. But either way, I would love to know what you think down in that comment section so feel free to type whatever you'd like and i will personally make that effort to answer you engage in a conversation and if you want to go back and forth 37 comments in a row i will do it because the joy for me in this is truly to talk to y'all after the fact because i work in corporate america and i'm in my 30s and ain't nobody want to talk to me about eminem these days except for moments like this. Anyhow, before we get into the review, special thanks in advance to the patrons. Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Powder, Jonathan Bryant, Teacher Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, Coney Sparks, and Scribble. Shut them up while you're watching because that's the kind of person I am. Anyhow, we're going to get into it now. I like to start the show describing my familiarity with Eminem, but like if I were to type in behind that suit reviews, the only predictive text to like show up that references an artist is Eminem. We have a playlist for him. We've covered a lot of his stuff. In the very near future is going to be our Bad Meets Evil review, which is probably going to be February-ish. That was already planned out. And then in a few months after that, MMLP2, and then we will have pretty much gone through all of the main studio albums, including today has music to be murdered by so you'll you'll be able to check out all of those on this channel if you want um needless to say i'm 12 eminem drops i'm like whoa white people can do this and i have uh, spent the better part of a decade from like 12 to let's say 22 memorizing eminem songs and being heavily inspired and influenced by it time goes on we come up to let's talk about 2019 so as a reviewer yo i'm listening to the features i've done the kamikaze and the revival review so for me revival lyrically blew my mind i really enjoyed the album the beats i'm okay with most of them i'll be honest a couple years later mostly after hearing this very project music to be murdered by i finally get the criticism on the music side of it like haven't heard this album i'm like oh that's what everybody meant about revival but still the writing and the content was there and I really like that. There are quite a few revival songs I go back to. Did I feel compelled to memorize them with that passion that say like a rap god gave me? Nah, but there was quite a few that I found myself not skipping and enjoying when they came on after the fact, which was cool. And that's different than Kamikaze, because Kamikaze drops and let's be honest, that first listen at Kamikaze is like, oh, 
know for like days and then you know you listen to it again and again and it just kind of loses its luster over time but Eminem needed to slap people the slaps were made and that's what it is but the criticism's fair what comes next what comes after the album complaining about how people did not like your last album well complaining like the complaining was well done and uh Apparently it's this. This album just came out of nowhere and psh, I mean there were rumors. I had uh, anticipated that a new Eminem album has been coming for the last couple of weeks and usually when the rumor mill's going it, it's you know something to watch for. I guess I just didn't expect it to drop now. And before like we get into the album, I just I saw some criticisms online about like Eminem being a dick because he dropped a project the same day that like Mac Miller's posthumous release came out like at the same time. And I, in my mind, I'm going like I understand how it could look away if you're like a super hardcore Mac Miller fan and like you know you've been waiting for this and it's a super significant big day or whatever but like are people just not supposed to release music and perform their marketing plans and go ahead with their goals Uh, like is that like a disrespectful thing personally I'm like it's it's just coincidence it just so happened that this week it was a mac miller project but it could have been anybody at any other time on any other week and i don't know why anyone made a big deal why i guess maybe because eminem steals thunder and charts performances and guarantee you he like broke records for decades and all of a sudden we're gonna hear very shortly how music to be murdered by smashed every commercial record that was already smashed so like i suppose that could look away if you're excited for mac miller hitting a number one chart position but i mean it doesn't like take away from the value of either artist's music and like i just don't get why people can't like enjoy both or is it really just like at a base level people are sad that when they went on facebook instead of seeing people raving about mac miller they saw people raving about eminem and then it was just that their guy wasn't represented in the way that if you live in montreal and you don't like the montreal canadians you're in for bad news bears on facebook i digress we're here to talk about music to be murdered by because it's going to be a long one. I'm going to go in real deep. I'm going to milk this for like as much as I can get in terms of like value, valid content. Like I'm not really just going to stretch it for the sake of, but I like how bar to bar level, there is so much going on in this album that like, I just think it deserves the attention because Eminem put a lot of work into this project. Conceptually, it's really dope. I mean, spoiler alert, but I love what I've heard of this album, I have probably spent about six to seven hours listening to this album. I've heard it about, I'd say a solid six times. So every song, at least six times, possibly seven for a few of them. And I like it like more than like the initial, what the fuck of first hearing it. Like I heard it at like six in the morning. I played it through by the time I had gotten to work on Friday. It already, already, my mind was blowing. I had so much trouble focusing because Eminem was there. Like, this is, I just have to say, like, I haven't, I haven't been this excited about, like, Eminem. And the thing about Eminem is he taps into your, like, nostalgia, right? So this excitement, this, like, oh, feeling of, like, I just want to, like, go try to be the best rapper myself to like like i literally had to write a verse after listening to the project because i was like yo they tapped into that primal wowness that like a 15 year old me experienced and like i felt that like i've enjoyed a lot of eminem's work but in a different way than say when i was like young and here I am, and I feel like a stan again. Like, I haven't, f- I hated so much on Eminem's, like, marketing strategies and, like, 
all of his features last year were just kind of wanky, wanky, wanky about his career, almost like a follow-up to Kamikaze. And I personally really had no faith that this project was going to come and do what the fuck it did. Like, as in, have me sitting here with this tone of voice, this level of pure, insane excitement. Like, honestly... Honestly, I got in trouble from the girlfriend yesterday because, like, she was like, I'm not Eminem. You don't even give a fuck about me. And I'm like, no, 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 baby. Classic response that I came up with was, my experience with the Eminem album is even better because I'm surrounded by your gracefulness or something along those lines, which she appreciated. But she knew in the bottom of heart and soul that the Eminem album was far more interesting to me in that much. She's lovely, but I mean, this was fresh. And anyway, slept on it, like it even more, which is important because sometimes like you sleep on it and then like, you know, it's it's not as enjoyable the next day. Anyway, I, I, I can see it's been a bit. There's still a lot to talk about. Let's migrate into the album title, which is taken from the Alfred Hitchcock music uh, studio album, which I didn't listen to it, but appears to be made up of like classic Alfred Hitchcock tunes from the different shows and stuff that he's composed mixed with him like doing his uh, – the word macabre. I don't even know how to say that. It was used like everywhere when describing it, like that darker, murdery tone to it. So he just does his dark humor crap uh, – not crap, but like his, his little word – speeches throughout the album and those obviously get sampled on this project so like you know what i'm talking about if you're watching this review you've clearly heard the album um but or if you haven't well either way that's cool let me know um i don't know i'm really excited so like i just love the title right because a it's going back to a classic and he's touching alfred hitchcock who in a in a career parallel kind of way can be viewed as a shocking extreme artist who 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 evoked the more primal serial killer-esque type things to you know titillate the senses of americans once upon a time his his level and like there's a lot of parallels between eminem and his art and alfred hitchcock and his art actually so if you look out like power moves and you're into reading about that Alfred hitchcock's name will come up by anybody who has well researched the topic as they meticulously like describe the way he puts things together the way he crafts a vision in his mind the way he controls every detail and flows and ebbs and weaves his artistic creations into something that ultimately stands the test of time i mean there isn't anybody that I know that ha- like really looks at Alfred Hitchcock's work and it's like, that's trash. Certainly, some of us don't like the older stuff. I'll be honest, I'm a little ignorant to all of his work, but pretty much anybody who knows anything about filmmaking and all of that stuff agrees across the board that Alfred Hitchcock is classic. But if you look at the subject matter of his content, in another day and age, you could almost picture people writing the fuck Alfred Hitchcock blog articles that people will target at somebody like Eminem. So that parallel of a master of his craft to the level of detailed perfection, the comparisons, the obsessions of the dark subject matter, like it's a fascinating top level comparison. But then you look at the title and you know that Eminem kamikaze and fucking went in and like murdered the game type thing on the last album. So when you listen to that title, you you picture that like it's gonna be powerful it's gonna be like an album that in a sense when it comes down to that hip-hop concept of murdering the game of being the best of like essentially putting something out that people cannot top it's like you're gonna listen to this music and you are going to be murdered by it in like that metaphorical sense because of how powerful and how fresh and how dope it's gonna come in and in 
an era where right now the the King debate is going on and people's coming at Eminem and you have six months of Nick Cannon and Lord Jamars and all this other kind of stuff. It's almost like Eminem is, is, is responding by starting the decade off. Like I heard through the grapevines and stuff that he was trying to get it out as like the lot at the end of the decade. And if you think about it, if this had dropped on like December 31st around Christmas, this would have been the last giant album of a decade. Instead, it's going to be the first giant album of a brand new decade, but it really like sets the standard up there. So it's almost like a threat to other MCs in the title that you're going to hear this. And this is music that's going to murder your careers because of how like bar setting it is, how you can't touch it. It's going to be, which I think is freaking fresh. And then you look at the album cover where you have R.A. the Eminem man. And I mean, he just kind of reminds me of when R.A. the Rugged Man wears a suit. That's what Eminem looks like to me visually there holding the shovel and shit. So I'm going to go with R.A. the Marshall Man um, is there on the, the cover and you've got the blood coming down on the red and it has that old school throwback to like that darker side of cinema feel to it. And I think it really pays the homage to Alfred Hitchcock in what the inspiration is. And the fact that he's shouting that out is cool because we live in an era where like check it. The greatest of all time allegedly has essentially taken his album cover to show love to an influence of yesteryear which in and of itself is like a lesson to the youth and to people that you're supposed to recognize the influences and things that help you get to where you are rather than just shit on them so rather than making a point like saying respect me people He's respecting his influences like that and showing by example. Now, I don't know if I'm reading too much into that, but when I saw the cover and the title and I took some time to really think about what Eminem's communicating with it, that's what I came to. Obviously, y'all can let me know if you agree or disagree. In the meantime, though, there's still like all 20 tracks to get through and we're already, I don't know, like 12-ish minutes into this video, 13 maybe. Either way, I have a premonition. This might be three parts as we delve into an intro. So it starts off and it's uh, sampling the Alfred Hitchcock album, I believe. That is, either way, it's got these murderous tones, a girl screaming, it dies. And then you get this introduction of Eminem talking in like his Marshall Mathers kind of voice, right? Yeah, I guess what it is. Think it's obvious we're never going to see eye to eye, but it's funny. As much as I hate you, I need you. And then Alfred Hitchcock goes, this is music to be murdered by. And that's like the introduction, right? And then I think about this title and I checked the genius annotation as I do. And it almost, and he, he brought up, whoever it was, brought a perspective I didn't catch where it could be like he's talking to Slim Shady. Like the fact is at this point in time, Eminem doesn't seem to have a whole lot of love for the Slim Shady character that everybody wants it to be. So you can take that as like, a reference to internally dealing with his demons and having to tap into that part of his psyche or whatever that may be and on the other hand i think he's talking to both the fans the media somebody like me the reaction videos all the people that he's essentially been criticizing in the in his last albums and well in terms of like that point of it where it's like Eminem can't exist in this world without the attention in a sense. Like to get that attention, which he hates, he needs it because that's kind of what fuels him. If the media, if people aren't attacking him, how does Eminem really tap into the slim shadiness to create another masterpiece? If he's not feeling away, like how does he really get there? And I think it's an interesting point. It's almost like he begrudgingly 
accepts that there's no way for him to move forward instead of almost embracing um the things he hates about the world the way people are like having it's like he's willing to, to, to do the tango again and play the game which is really powerful and then the idea of music to be murdered by just kind of coming in right before nikki greer starts singing and the beat kicks in and everything also Dr. Dre is on the beat in terms of production. So just having that M and Dre feeling together again is nice. I'm just throwing it out. Um, but yeah, I like how it starts. Like instantly you're kind of ensnared like, oh shit. This isn't like the ringer where he comes in and it's just almost like, it's almost like too much. This is more personal. This is like, you know, that you're going to get that same level of maybe aggression that we had on Kamikaze, but we're going to get into like Marshall's actual feelings which is something i was personally craving for a long time because i did feel that like i said kamikaze did not have a lot of replay value um then we get this chorus got a premonition i feel the end is near the beauty starts to fade the joy is turned to pain i hear the symphony playing ten thousand violins souls floating away like feathers in the wind so it almost feels like eminem has an idea that he's about to take out the game that like in a sense the peace, the calm, maybe the maybe his life as a social recluse, avoiding how everybody is, is over. Like he's reached a phase in his recovery where he's ready to like almost re-enter the arena as a full competitor coming in to take the game. And it's almost like what once made him happy is dark. And I, I don't know, like you get this you get this spun emotion of like he's he's hurting and we're ready for it like we're ready to get him and then he comes in and at first the one thing i can say i did not want about this album is for him to just be like commenting on his career but the way he starts this is really strong they said my last album i sounded bitter no i sound like a spitter who 90 percent of these hypocrites are trying to get rid of and i'm like okay that's fair like right away it's a logical point eminem actually did kind of come in like a spitter it was harsh hitting he's fucking wrapped his ass off on the last album and while it sounded bitter and while it sounded a certain way to a lot of people who may not fully comprehend the more deeper aspects of let's say battle rap culture or some of the more competitive angles of what hip-hop is you can kind of understand then when the media doesn't really understand the culture then they're gonna kind of try to shift it and craft it into what they want and then in a lot of senses there are a lot of people on an active conquest to like reframe hip-hop away from that more vicious lyrical things into something maybe new calmer and more pc so i'm like i i respect that so in a sense it's they're hypocrites because they're bitter against him and so the way it just rhymes it has an intensity a freshness to it the beat just has like this kind of tension that's over it where like you know shit's about to get heavy um and then as we flow through but why would i when I get a chip on my shoulder, I was considered one time as the illest bitch. I'm still as fly as your zipper. And I like that because you know you're going to get bars there. He lets us know. And it's a soft one, right? So he's he's kind of questioning, why is he going to be like mad, right? Like, how can you really impact him? Like, to be fair, if you're a Marshall Mathers right now and you've had best selling artist of two decades under your belt, like what is a blogger who has nothing <laughs> going to mean to you, you know? And the truth is, he's still as fly as your zipper and 
when I used to review Eminem, I don't think I fully understood bar construction. And then I watched the Bodied movie and it kind of broke it down in a way that allows me now to have these bars kind of pop out at me like zippers have flies. So yes, a lot of people are going to get that bar, but the album is just full of these lines that like pop out. But what's cool about the way Eminem does it always is that it always moves his narrative as long. So by pointing anyway he's dope um true i just get richer but if it was ever all about skrilla then i would have quit a long motherfucking time ago bitch shut the fuck up i should go say that to tech nine or the jigger nobody said a shit about two chains as long as he's been here shit and so you look at that and obviously his rhythm and flow is just nice like it's tight it's diverse as a common theme throughout this project is that Eminem does not stick to a flow in a verse. He just every four or five bars flips it up into something different and keeps it just dynamic and alive as well as the beats for the most part on the project evolve and like kind of morph in the same kind of way as his flows. So it just creates this dynamic, alive and replayable experience because there's a couple of tracks where I feel like the beat doesn't do that and it kind of loses a little bit of the replay value. So we'll get to those when we get there, but this just blows my fucking mind. Anyway, so he's kind of pointing out here like, yo, um, people are like Eminem's rich. He's clearly just dropping albums to get money, which is uh, he to him a weird concept. And I'm going to have to agree with Eminem here. The truth is at the amount of money, like look, selling albums can probably get you to millionaire status. But once you have millionaire status, if like you really want to make more money, you would not put out rap albums because yes, you can make a lot of money doing that. But like prior, like especially post Napster and all that, like most of his career, like his money, like he could have just done a lot of bigger deals for more money that had nothing to do with music like if money's your acquisition you don't keep making albums in especially when your net worth is nine figures like you can be a billionaire if you really want to so i have to agree with marshall that he is not releasing music for money that's not a concern to him he's here for legacy and then i i find like you know it interesting how he brings up tech nine uh jay-z and two chains who have all half tenured careers from like the mid 90s basically back from when eminem's doing it and then you know he's kind of saying why is nobody commenting that especially on two chains when do people are kind of saying to tech nine and jay-z like why are you guys still releasing albums you should retire like that is stuff i think people do say about them but the truth is people don't realize two chains has been in the game as long as them because he's like titty boy before all that so it almost appears like two chains only came in around 2012 but at the end of the day he kind of like kind of comments on i mean this one doesn't have all the bars it's more of like a point he's trying to make um no, i'm not saying that he's not bars but like the double entendres for days type shit no wonder you're mad now i'm looking at them plaques count them fair enough they're mad and jealous because he's killing it and we're talking about the regular people not two chains tech nine and uh jay-z who i don't think he has beef with any of those guys in fact he had two chains on the last project on that remix um anyway he's ll cool j bigger and deffer that's how come uh i sell like four mil when i put out a bad album and i'm like that's that's fair he's like ll cool j i think bigger and deffer is something related to cool j i didn't look into that but um 
just the concept of him comparing him to again one of his heroes ll cool j kind of showing the influence of how he lives his life based on you know the way the album was phrased and then he puts out a bad album and outsells everyone and i'm like that that's a uh, a really powerful thing you know it's hard to hate a guy who is so well loved that his bad album is record breaking almost i'm not saying four mil is record breaking but to have your worst album be like that that's a that's an interesting flex that like few people in history will ever get to make and i respect that it does honestly like like we can criticize his content or whatever but at the end of the day like almost nobody else in music is selling four million albums ever so interesting flex right like it makes a lot of sense Anyway, Revival flopped, came back, I scared the crap out of them, but Rolling Stones uh, stars, I get two and a half out of five and I laugh out loud because that's what they gave bad back in the day, um, which actually makes me feel not as bad now. So, and I, I think uh, that's interesting. Um, I don't know which album bad is. I guess that's LL Cool J had the bad album. They gave that to him. So he's kind of like going, listen, if it can happen to LL Cool J, if this is something that, you know, who I perceive to be like the greatest can get these shit media reviews back in the day due to how people are and not maybe getting the brilliance of it, then clearly they're going to do the same thing to Slim Shady. And then they also kind of do the same thing to Tom Brady, who Tom Brady, didn't he cheat? I don't know. But I guess it's the idea of going after people with long-standing legacies, forgetting about like all of the wins, and then focusing on maybe a fumble here and there and honestly invalidating all of the wins over maybe a poor decision in the present. And I kind of like the fact that whereas on Kamikaze, at this point, you're on the ringer, we'll say, because I'm going to call this track the ringer part two. Um, he's taking like a more mature point of view, like saying like, listen, last time I just merged y'all, but this time I'm going to take some time to explain to you that maybe you should just rethink the impact of what your words mean to me because of this. So you can keep saying what you want, but if you think you're going to hurt me, allow me to be clear. And I like that because... I think what I wanted out of Eminem was the confidence because Kamikaze felt a little thirsty to me, like he had to prove something. Whereas at the same time, you have Jay-Z and Beyonce dropping like this crazy album of pure flossy confidence. Like it was dope. Ape Shit's a fire song as an example. But like Eminem just kind of felt a little more needy. He felt more like logic in terms of tone and intent. And so hearing this, it feels like it has that Jay-Z legend fucking like i am so big you can't touch me feel to it plus the quality is there it's matching it honestly this has got me going fucking bonkers like part of me doesn't want to be talking about this album just so i can go hit play again and keep listening to it and no i can't play it on youtube copyright hell is coming 2021 is going to destroy reaction channels is all i'm trying to say google that european copyright law stuff if you don't believe me anyway um, more people hate me than love me. To be fair, I don't know if that's true, but I think in the vocal minorities of the internet, that's true. But um, I read somewhere that you can't have fame without haters. So if you ever want to be famous, you need to piss people off. You need people to dislike you. So that's that's kind of 
good for his fame, but this game will make you go crazy because it's kind of nuts that you need haters to actually fucking pop in this in this era. But to go for B R O K E, I was the G O. I was the G, like kind of like you know the G, the O G, but the O A T. So I'm gonna go. Once I was played in rotation at every uh, radio station, they said I'm lyrically amazing, but I have nothing to say. And that's facts. I remember all of this. So Eminem's dropping it, dropping it, ripping it, ripping it. But from a conceptual point of view, everybody kind of criticized them for not stepping in on political issues or having like real opinions or valid substance to his songs and let's say i just did something like uh we did the recovery album and while it's actually really dope on a personal level with a couple of tracks so much of it is just kind of it's all right it's nice i mean it's it's all it's a lot about him and his his feelings and stuff but like the idea is where are you talking about other things where's the new content the joe button criticism of everything then he puts out revival which had a lot of content for all the criticisms that everyone made um it's part of why i really really liked it and i love the way he goes but i have nothing to say and then i put out revival and i had something to say and it's like he wasn't trying to be all fancy here he's trying to be as blunt as fucking possible like here i listen to y'all I made a conscious album. They said that they hated the Awake Me, as in so a woke Eminem is a problem, boring. And I'll be honest, the, the police song that he did there, the police brutality one, maybe maybe it was a little weird. Maybe it wasn't a hundred, but like take the Ed Sheeran song with the the way he handled the subject of like abortion and stuff and that his point of view and things like that, or Castle of Rose, or like the one with Kim where he like puts that to bit like there are just so many fucking intensely emotional experiences on revival if 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 you like the beats but then everyone just kind of was like it's a pop album look at the features why is x ambassadors there and so they hated to awake me he lose the rage i'm too tame and i'm going yeah Eminem's being 45, go shady. And nobody else agreed with me, fair enough. So he gets it back, they say I'm too angry, and that's what Kamikaze, he needs to go get the Dre beats. He sh no, he should hook up with Tay Keith. So he has like this conflict of people who want him to go in this direction. And yo, I don't even know why anyone would not want him to be with both Dre and Tay Keith, cause like, there's something to like when you're listening to that uh, Kamikaze project. I know what I said about replay value when you say, JK, fuck these people up. Raindrop, drop top. I don't know. I just enjoy that. I don't even know if I said the right song there. I, I mean, I like the energy. It's just not enough. Like, it doesn't make me feel like this album made me feel. Either way, Take Keith is a great beat maker. I enjoy him. Uh, fans keep pulling me one way or another. Haters pull me in another. Got more hooks in me than Swaley. I like that because Swaley is really a talented hook guy. So that's cool. But like he's also like kind of pointing in that as people are pulling him all over, he can fight back. He can handle it. He can take it up. And then when you think of hooks, there's a boxing to it. So about to pick up weights and lift my tattoo of Haley's face stretches. So he's going to get stronger. And then as the muscle gets bigger, it's going to stretch Haley's face, which is dope. And he can do that by boxing. And we know Eminem does like boxing. Um, they said I'm a whiner. I sound like a baby. I dish it up. I can't take it. Uh, you do. That's fair. I agree with that statement of you. You do kind of sound like a whiner on that album. Um, but I do think that Eminem can take it. And that's what he's kind of approving on this song. This song is him kind of objectively... I'll actually get to what I mean about how he can take it when we talk about the next track. Because I just think it's more relevant there. But uh, I think he proved he can take the criticism on this project. And that's something that makes him be able to stand there and state this line because he, he did that. Um, 
anyway, uh, they got all bent out of shape. This shit's almost comical. Wait, I meant no disrespect. That wasn't dissing tech. That was not a shot at 2 Chains or Jay-Z. They probably feel the same way because lately, instead of us being credited for longevity and being able to keep it up for this long at this level, we, I like that, longevity, level, we, just like how, how, like, I mean, I kind of understand how because we all studied Eminem for so long, but like, it's just... When he does it, it's got this flawlessness to it where he can think of these these rhymes. I, I don't know that I could. Like, maybe I'll come up with one really cool one, and Eminem will just shit them out, like, for breakfast. And it, it's really nifty. Um, anyway, uh, or I'm still twice as good as you'll ever be. Only way you're ahead of me is alphabetically. So if you're ahead of him, it's literally just going to have to be because your name comes before his on a list. <laughs> it's like, but the way he does, you'll ever be alphabetically. Because if you diss me, I'm coming after you like the letter V because T-U-V. And it's an alphabet bar oh, right after the alphabet bar. I don't know. I really just... When I heard that, I, I think that's when my heart and soul hit joy levels that did not stop since I heard this project. Like, y'all have seen me be mopey and kind of not so energetic on the reviews. Granted, I just had a smoothie. I exercised and a lot of coffee. So I'm a little pumped at the moment. Um, but it's just fire. It's just so good. So let's, let's just dissect that again uh, for a quick minute. Um, I like the fact that instead of letting the media run with it, because the truth is he'll like say something like, like, let's look at Kamikaze. Everybody went out Lil Yachty like, I'm dished you. But when you listen to what he said, he's like, Lil Yachty's music's not for me. It's fine. I get it. What he's saying there is Lil Yachty is a valid artist and I don't personally appreciate his music. That's not a diss. He, in fact, kind of compliments Yachty and validates him as like an artist and shit. Instead, the media ran with it and it's just ridiculous that Eminem, it's like you, just saying a name isn't like a diss and if you look at the context of this track there are definitely people who are going to think it's kind of a diss because they're just going to look at it oh Eminem's taking shots saying you should go hate on them because like they're not really paying attention so instead he kind of goes no 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 let me clear up the smoke before y'all go create a fire that doesn't fucking exist um we are all in the same boat as tenured artists of like a 25 plus, like a quarter century, still being relevant today, still being able to do things today. I hate on Technon a lot for his hypocrisies about his hatred of a music industry that like supports him entirely as he turns into what he formerly once criticized a lot. But like, I respect the fact that Tech 9 dropped an EP yesterday, his second of the year. Or yeah, so like we're in a position where or maybe it was at the end of last year, still, like, within a month or two, he's put out, like, nine tracks. And, like, this is a guy so far into his career, so deep into his catalog, and honestly still trying to, willing to put it out there and try to do something new and live up to that expectation from the fans and hit that new level. And the fact that so few people in the hip-hop game can be at that level for that long is something maybe we should all celebrate more. Like... Sure, you don't have to be like the hot and the hip and the young and the new, but what happened? I, and I'm I'm feeling like I got rebuked by Eminem here for maybe my disrespect towards him last year, and I I should have maybe taken a little bit more. And I got these comments about like my lack of respect for his talent, and it's because when I do criticize him, often I'll go in 
in terms of passion because I like him so much. And when I guess he disappoints me in some way, which is stupid because he doesn't owe me shit, right? Like I, I can be a little silly with it as another fanatic as like all of us can be. Um, but I felt rebuked. I felt like I should just, even if I don't like his music, always remember that like what he's done is empirically impressive to a point that it doesn't matter if I like his music. We should admire the effort the level of effort for the length of time the pure sheer determination and grit of his grind and the fact that even after what everyone thought would be the end of his career with bad albums or blah blah blahs and all the criticisms and all the things he's here starting on an album with one of the sickest tracks like i'm looking at the time i think i've been talking about his song for like 20 minutes now it's gonna be a long one i told y'all i'm like we're at the end of it and we're not even done um killing everything because remember we had just left off like bars wise and he's destroying the industry now at the end of his track i'm coming after you like the letter v if you diss him like he's going to take you out killing everything play this tune it's your eulogy because like you know when you play this tune it's kind of related to the idea i guess of singing i don't know i just picture death it makes sense it's your funeral prepare to die this music is for you to be murdered by and so all of that plays into the concept of death the rhymes just keep it up eulogy letter v and then prepare to die murdered by i just i love the way i met him does it i love the flow of it i like the way he kind of introduces and drops the album title and lets you know that this is kind of like the overall fire back at anybody in the future who ever wants to come at him just throw this on and you just got murdered by slim shady by eminem by a guy who honestly for a quality level i don't think i've heard in a very long time from anybody in terms of like I don't know. I can't remember the last time I felt this fired up in my soul for something. Uh, so I get this a five on five. The the beat is absolutely stellar. I'm really shit at describing beats per se, but just the pulsatingness of it, the powerful hits, the, the almost calmer, like it isn't like an over the top beat. It allows Eminem to thrive and weave through it and just tear it apart. Anyway, another great part about this project is how the songs flow into each other seamlessly like a good mixtape would in terms of that fluidness making it feel like more of a a, a strung out musical experience rather than a, a collection of tracks like it almost like you have to listen to it in order is it encourages you to get into the next song before you have a chance to to think and i really like that effect that it does because i think it, it pulls off very well and you're you're not like ever disappointed so anyway the next track on this project is called unaccommodating i thought the first song was like dope as we just experienced and then young ma comes in i did say on the last track i wanted to comment a little bit about eminem responding to the criticisms and feedbacks and showing that like he does actually care so on the last project eminem got in trouble for his criticisms about tyler the creator and using a particular word in the past eminem has been clipped on things like using homophobic slurs and all sorts of stuff like that and why doesn't em do better etc etc so em just to throw it out there on this project doesn't actually use any of the homophobic language we've come to understand in 2020 which is cool instead he goes ahead and takes young ma which is significant because she is in fact a lesbian and i bring that up because instead of you know maybe saying inflammatory things that would piss off that community he on the second track of his project 
lets this lady start it off and instead gives like a spotlight and a huge platform to a young lesbian artist. Um, and I think that's just incredible in terms of, I guess, what I would imagine being an ally is supposed to do for a cause is to use your platform in a way that advocates it. So yes, I know that Young M.A. is widely accepted. People think she's dope, etc. But the fact that she's here, like, when was the last time you heard Eminem put a, a woman rapper on his album? You know, like, that's really cool. I feel like that's like, like a good response. And then Young M.A. comes in over this, this fly, fly beat. Like, it just is like, you just headbanging the whole time. You can't even sit still. Like, I... I couldn't sit still with this album. Like my Fitbit fucking loved tracking the steps of me bouncing around the apartment, just kind of bopping to this. Like it is so fire. This, this, the way the energy that comes in. And then on my first listen to Young Ma's verse, I was like, "This is different." But man, the swag, her delivery, the way she hits it. Like I like a bitch that like the wobble wobble, shake it, shake it, break it, break it. People, we made it, made it. They hate it, hate it. I'm just like the energy, because like you know she is doing that repetition shit but she's doing it with like this swag where it like kind of um gives a callback to the influence i think the wobble wobble is shit who is it uh shouting out it's shouting out the 504 boys 2000 hip-hop track wobble wobble which goes into that like kind of new orleansy sound where that repetition and swingy nature of the flow is really kind of prevalent so it's almost like she's paying homage again to like the influence and she's banging it out like that and it just hits proper but then instead of just keeping up with the repetition she goes into pro professional pure persistent on paper chasing i love alliteration like alliteration's dope and then the the p sound in particular is an extremely popping syllable in fact it took me a long time to learn how to say p words without completely popping my mic every freaking time so it's it's the way she does it is just eloquent and it's just nice because she's basically like yo we made it uh we we grind hard we work hard and now we're making it i hate complaining i hated waiting i'll pay for patience but i hate to pay a bill I hate that and i like that because she wants to grind she wants to push it but like just i hate to pay a bill like it's it just kind of is something so relatable right like in the middle of all of this it's so human like when people get success other people hate like all of this is not over the top like young ma is spitting some real shit real in a way where i don't think it matters who you are you can kind of relate to that and then after talking about her dislike of paying bills which maybe has a double entendre i'm missing she talks about how she made a mill without a major deal and her ass fake she came for real money ain't a thing that ain't a thing for real it's the broke lingo and i kind of like how she you know, I was like, I, I popped, I did it, I grinded. And then this fake ass girl is coming to fuck me because I'm the real shit and that's what it is. And then money ain't a thing, that ain't a thing for real, it's the broke lingo. I feel like, I'm not sure if I catch that in the sense that broke people say that or when she has the money, she understands the broke lingo and she sees it. I don't know. I missed it, but it just sounded dope and I really enjoyed her swagger on it. Um, I don't know that I'm going to go through everything bar for bar on the whole album, but I might because it's just freaking fire. Like there's just too much. Like I just want some face, but this, you know, facial, which is nice. She wants to like fuck, but like, I guess it's, I don't know. Anyway, uh, moving on, do right and kill everybody, which is an accurate, a backronym Drake came up with at one point, Drake mode. So I thought that was dope. Bitch, I'm trying to eat out, take your plate mode. And I'm like, oh shit, man. She like just coming in. And I like 
it's like a, the plan on like i'm gonna take your money per se i'm gonna come in and grind but at the same time i just want to eat your pussy because plate mode and eating and stuff and it's just it's just really dope like I, f I find her like really appealing like she has and i've never really listened to young ma before so maybe she's just always been dope and like i'm an idiot or something but like she kills it like she's really fucking fun to listen to like what up marshall i'm a martian i'm in wayne mode facts neck wet big drip i'm a rain mode drip 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 and it's like yeah young ma kill that shit and you just want to spit to it and you, it's like this the type of shit like the kind of verse when you're sitting there in your like office cubicle and you're doing some copy pasty crap that you just bounce around and feel a little bit flyer listening to. And I really like that. I really enjoyed it. Self-made goals. Oh, I like that. I like the idea of her promoting the fact that I want that. I got that because I put it there. When the pain leaves, where does the pain go? And I like that because it made me think. I'm like, Wait a second, that's a really interesting point. Like a pain is a manifestation. It's a thing, right? It's a noun and concept because we can identify it, but it's kind of an intangible concept. So when pain actually leaves you and you're no longer hurting, where does pain go? Is it like an essence that goes to somebody else? Is it just a thing within yourself that dissipates to a, a backer place? Or is it because uh, you put the flame to the tip of the backward, that's where it goes, by the way, and then to the sky is where her brain goes. And maybe that's what it, it kind of is. So it just, I, I like the way that she kind of correlates pain disappearing to getting high and floating away, which just kind of makes it have a flow and congruency where like, I'm like, it's just really enjoyable. Anyway, then Eminem kind of just comes in and does this like game over Thanos on you HOs and he kind of has like this slower like goofier tone at first I mean he picks it up and he goes everywhere in terms of flow on this track um he he does a lot and it's it's just really great like on my petty shit but I don't paint toes I guess that's kind of like talking about i guess how petty people might be these young ladies who are all into makeup these hoes these petty hoes and whatever so he's kind of correlating in himself to maybe the cattiness of it but not necessarily going through either way get the plunger because marshall and ma go plum crazy um and i like that because it has the good sound to it but i don't know because it's more the follow-up line after the plunger and you know plum crazy just kind of feels like an extreme burst of something call us liquid plumber because even drano that's one of my favorite lines i think i might just walk around and because i saw a meme that's like what's a rap lyric you just want to like shout out randomly i think i'm gonna be in the middle of conversations and just look at people and be like yo call us liquid pl plumber because even drano and just walk away beat knocks like a beefed up detox and that's dope because dre knows what detox sounds like right and he makes the beats and detox is a trey album and the trey no is the freaking liquid plumber i used in my bathroom sink the other day because when i shave my beard hairs it clogs that shit up this is great lyricism and the energy is dope so to go from like that pure like swagged out young ma is it ma or ma i should whatever to like this eminem verse where he's already dropping these and it's got this airier fun feel like premonition felt like he was making a point here it sounds more like he's having fun proving the point which i i really enjoy you're gonna need three swats or police officers to at least to come pull me off it and i don't stop please dog i need y'all to keep talking shit i feed off it standard shit you know like i'm intense people are gonna come through detox and three swats is a cool rhyme 
and I like the way he transitions into the next part. Maybe it's not like a bunch of shit there, but basically, if you piss him off, he is going to have the fuel. He's the complete opposite of these retards who spit these weak bars. I'm a leave carnage. Each thought will be so toxic, it'll block the wind through your esophagus. Stop it. Cutting off your oxygen. Love it, man. Just the way he hits the bars, the way he's coming in through the more picked up speed. And basically, he's coming in with crazy good bars that are so good, I'll make you choke. Get it? Block the wind of your esophagus. Stop it cutting off your oxygen. You're going to choke. You're not going to be able to battle against Eminem because the ferocity is that. And instead of saying you're going to choke, he gives that whole thing about cutting off oxygen. And I'm like, oh, I made... I kept making noises. Like, I'm sitting there. You got to understand. I got my headphones on because Bonnie hadn't heard the album yet. And I'm, like, bumping it a bunch. And then she's over there. And I'm, like, oh! Kind of like that, like, the, like you know that, like, geeky-looking black dude in the, oh! That people put into a meme whenever there was a disc going on, like, super hot style or whatever. It kind of felt like him in that, oh! kind of feeling over and over again listening to this project and i don't care if this review just kind of comes off in like this kind of exaggerated way i'm already looking at the time going holy shit i'm only on track too but i knew what was coming when i got into this um anyway uh let's move along with the track so he hits them pads like a boxing dream better watch for slim better get to popping when i'm at the top again I that's cool i won't topple i'm giving to anyone who want to come and get and i'm not going to stop but then they asked me and anyways before we do that it's cool he's grinding he's got that energy he's kicking it but one of my favorite parts of his song and i may have to like not go through all of his bar for bar for the sake of time i guess but whatever we'll just see how it goes but one of my literal favorite parts of this project that like i couldn't even help but almost start singing along is when he flips into his like preacher voice and he's like um but when they asked me if the war is finished with mgk of course it is i cleansed him of his mortal sins i'm god and the lord forgives even the devil worshipers i'm moving on but you know your scruples are gone when you're born with lucifer's horn anyway um i love that because he came in as the rap devil right and he's like the rap god and then what does god do god cleanses the devil of his sins he forgives even devil worshippers, even like MGK. So MGK comes in and slaps at Eminem, whatever, beef. Eminem does his kill shot. But then a time goes by and Eminem as the bigger man, but also slapping him in the face like this, it's kind of like, I forgive him. I'm so big. I can just do this because this is the way you're supposed to be. And then kind of shows how hard he is. You know, when you're from the school of notorious Puba Cube and the poor righteous teachers tutored my students, showed them the blueprint and the formula. And I'm like, okay. So he's from the school of the legends. He studied these guys like Grand Pumba, which is interesting, right? Because of Lord Grand Pumba Maxwell, which was affiliated with Lord Jamar back in the day. So it's funny how he's kind of studying Grand Nubian included in that. Um, unless I'm missing the point on the Pumba. But uh, Notorious B.I.G., of course, Ice Cube. Um, I don't know who the poor righteous teachers are. I should look into that. But um, I like the way he's like, he tutored my students. He showed them all the blueprint and formula. So he's talking about like now. You know what was obnoxious? All the little fake Eminem diss verses that have been floating around in the last year is everyone's going, ah, ba -da -ba -da -ba, trying to be like that Chris comedian dude or whatever. But like, no, nah, man, all these fake Slim Shady verses are, are pretty awful and they're, they're pretty corny. So I appreciated it when you go, but it seems like they more th the more they studied my music, the more they remind me of eyeballs. I'm watching my pupils get cornier. 
I love that bar, man, because it's just eyeball language. So the pupils are the whole. The cornea is the reflective lens that uh, kind of puts and focuses the light at the back of your eye so that the optic nerve picks it up. And uh, the fact that he kind of uses uh, literal language, because that's kind of how it is. Your pupils and your cornea are involved in sight, so they're watching using those things. So you'd be literally be watching the pupils, sorry, the students like that. But he's watching them get cornea which is like cornea and I, I geek man i couldn't help but that is a fire fucking bar for a person like me anyway then he does the uh, the bombs away ariana grande concert line which pissed off the mayor of manchester and i'm like fair enough i don't know i don't know if it's inappropriate or tasteless i i just thought it was fine i moved on he just said like the greatest shit but it really it really works like artistically because it flows into that chorus where it's like they call me Saddam Hussein Ayatollah Khomeini who's an ex-Iranian leader uh where's Osama been I've been I've been Laden lately and I kind of like that it just flowed in like in a sense it's like people do kind of treat Eminem like this crazy terroristy guy in terms of his artistic expression um look at how i'm behaving they want me gone away they wanted john benet me uh so john benet was a child beauty pageant queen who was murdered at the young age of six in her home by an unknown killer so basically they uh, are kind of like trying to take out eminem you know they're they're like using their media influence to kind of scapegoat him as like this terrible monster and this is kind of how i take this chorus like he comes through he does his shit he spits hard and then in response people want to vilify him like a terrorist which i thought was just a fascinating way to take it because meanwhile you're just kind of vibing like they call me saddam hussein hey tolokamini where's osama bin i've been lying and i'm like what what i can't believe em's making me do this again making me spit out these names again and he just did it he just did it um I love when he goes, I'm a clown like John Wayne Gracie, uh, Gacy, because that's a great like line pulling into the serial killer. He was the crazy con uh, guy. Um, anyway, they call me Kanye crazy, apeshit Beyonce Jay-Z. And I'm like, no fucking way, because Kanye is crazy. And then apeshit is a concept of going crazy, but it's also a fire song by Beyonce Jay-Z. And he's back with Andre, baby, and the doctor's operating. And you're like, yeah, he's back with Eminem. We got that Slim Shady shit. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Dre is involved in the top level production of the project. I, I didn't look that deep into it. Either way, I like how he goes, but he never put no scrubs on from Snoop K. Dot to Shady. And he's like, yeah, I'm with the doc who's operating. And uh, we've got uh, three legends that this man has uh, created. And I'm like, good point. It's just a fire chorus, man. It just feels so good in the energy. And then he's just like, shitty because uh, shitty because I love about your silhouette. I know I did that poorly, but sometimes I'm feeling myself. I better check to see why you feel upset because I met your bitch on the internet. Now I'm getting head like a pillow pet because you anyway. Um, it's pretty fun. He's just back. He's got a shadow or a silhouette. It's all sneaky behavior, meeting girls online. Then he does uh, that bimbo can uh, put her lips all the way around this bone and then blow like a dusty cartridge from an old Nintendo. And there, the blowjob pun is compared to uh, on the Nintendo cartridge. Pretty straightforward shit. It's real good. But then he does one that just real, real fucked up my mind. So he's thinking back to the old blowing on the Nintendo days when he was poorer. Those were the days, but I bet you I'm never going to be broke again no i don't smoke but i got paper to be blunt i'm rolling endo and i'm like oh shit that is one of the best weed bars i ever heard so he doesn't smoke because he's sober now 
he's got paper like raws or ocbs or whatever paper you use and then to be blunt which is another type of paper i'm rolling in dough like in dough as in money or in dough like marijuana and i keep it one comma zero 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 so <laughs> he just has extra cash going on like it just flows and then i like how he adds the extra zero just to kind of like add emphasis like come on guys i'm that much bigger real 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 murder 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 kill 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 nickel plated 22 two, two. bitch shut the fuck up before i shoot you too and shit i won't do just for a few youtube views run up in a church like pew 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 because that's what i do 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 and i like that because i feel like there's a little foreshadowing uh to what's going to come later on on the project but while he's killing the game and he's making his money on the one hand he's very shocking and he's willing to come through but i also think that it's a criticism and commentary of the absolute ridiculous bullshit people do on youtube to paper chase so while he is willing to go out there and do all this crazy shit for views he kind of relegates it towards like i guess pranks or whatever fucking bullshits out there to the point where people are so extreme that they'll run up in a church like pew 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 you know but then um he kind of breaks the comparison away by going even to the untrained human eye we ain't the same you and i somebody should have explained to you why for you to go against me it's simply insane you will die so that's interesting because after coming up with the fact that people can do all sorts of shocking shit for attention and views and whatever but at the end of the day you're not going to be able to pull it off like eminem because there's a difference he's uh he's much better at this but then you get the the insane you will die thing that's why they call me kamikaze it's plain suicide I'm like oh shit, he, he just did it again did you hear what he did there so it's like it's simply insane to go against him because you're going to die like a kamikaze pilot who's basically guaranteed to die. So if you're going to go attack Eminem and unleash something like what happened on the kamikaze album, it's plain suicide as in it's basically straight suicide. But simultaneously, kamikaze is literally when a plane commits suicide. And I'm like, oh, oh man eminem did it again there but i know magic and here go my last trick i'm about to say abracadabra and pull a b-rabbit up out of my hat and i like that because he's going back to like when his career was like popping and the way he dropped the eight mile movie and everything it was like a it was like a magic trick in a sense anyway so that's real cool i'm about to relapse and i bet you won't know how to react but uh look at disgust i don't doubt it'll be that as i begin fucking devour the track and you backpedal that is a cowardly act like a saudi attack when the towers collapsed so i like what he kind of flips it there he's saying when i come back with some ferocity and i attack back you who came at me and attacked me are going to backpedal and run away and be kind of uh, scared and shit. And if you really think about it, that's a cowardly thing to do. Like the cowardly way that the Saudi uh, attack against the towers, you know, like because if you trace it, it can be tied to them, I suppose. I don't remember a thousand percent right now. But the idea is your cowardice, your almost terroristic attacks on his career taking the little guerrilla warfare styles when eminem's coming through with the full guns blazing shit and then at the end of the day you're the one who in your attacks on him are kind of behaving more like what you would expect from a terrorist force and then he goes back to the coming of saddam hussein you know and then he flows into that chorus and i'm just sitting here going that was a lot like that was a lot to unpackage and go through because I don't know, man. Eminem did it for us. He did it again. 
And I mean, again, I know this has been super lengthy, but like to me, there's just that much to unpackage. It's not like the other projects. It's just you're excited to go through it. The stuff he's saying is intelligent. It's easy to get behind conceptually. I'm blown away. We're we're gonna have to give this another five on five. Um, and that's just what it is. And I suppose as we keep talking about it, we're gonna have some more features and you gonna learn. Whew, we have a song that has like a nice chunky chorus that takes up time. So there's a little bit less bars, even though it's four minutes, which is from my reviewing perspective, like this one might be a little bit faster, but maybe not because you gonna learn features white gold who does this excellent and beautiful fucking chorus over this illustrious beat, which is apparently produced by Louis, Resto, Eminem, and Royce himself. It features Royce doing the first verse and doing the second verse. And what you're in for here is an absolute treat as far as lyricisms and rhymes go. As far as my grade goes, everything about the quality of the performance of Eminem and everything at like a technical level is, in my opinion, equal to all the, the other two tracks we've heard. So I'm giving this a four and a half on five off the jump because the sound did not enthrall me as deeply as some most of the others did so anything that's like that is simply just preference like if i'm gonna go throw on a rando song i don't think you gonna learn is the first one like i throw on an unaccommodating faster than i would throw on you gonna learn as an example that doesn't make anything against royce or anything because your royce kills it and again that chorus is just so good like praise you tomorrow little boy you're gonna learn and it has like this edge to it and the way that the, the beat just like picks up in intensity and almost rocks out a little bit to that chorus it just it's nice it sets the tone on this song um autumn pretty bitches leave your ass in the urn you ain't sold your last rock you bet you just better earn but i pray you see tomorrow little boy you're gonna learn so right away the track kind of takes you into this grind mode this almost you almost picture poverty somebody who maybe is going after girls and they're taking advantage of them the situations in life aren't pulling it out you're selling a certain thing on the side over there and you just got to keep earning got to keep making that stacks in the effort to escape this environment and go to somewhere else meanwhile day in day out you're praying that you're going to see tomorrow and as time goes on you're going to learn and then I like that. I like the kind of intensity to it. And I also like the fact that it's like, again, like almost like a serious theme, like Eminem kind of referencing the hood a little bit in this kind of thing, even though Royce is there and it kind of stacks out whatever, but just seeing that on an Eminem album in this kind of context and that kind of almost grindiness to it, like that intensity, the emotional empathy of that chorus, I really like it. It really hits heavy. Um, then Royce is just, fucking brilliant man i'm a product of property hopping up out of that property propping and offer to copping and swapping that property up for a possible monopoly i'm just like oh, oh it just felt good it just is nice but when you're listening to what he's saying he's like i used to be like in the poorest of the poor situations but i got out of the that environment i got my money on and then basically i'm working towards improving my property situation and playing a bigger real estate game which is a sense how the literal board game monopoly works so for a possible monopoly which is also like his control of the music industry but literally monopolies about swapping that property and i'm like that's dope that's some lyrical shit nobody commented that annotation on genius maybe i should do that but now nah, i'm not really interested as we're sitting here talking about forget but that's really cool um 
trying not to adopt my father's old philosophies, which if you listen to Book Orion or you just know about Royce, you understand that there's a certain drug addiction situation that he's trying to stay away from him. And, you know, his sobriety is important to him too. Same time, you're praying that God that everything works out at his colonoscopy. And I like that, like, humanistic touch, man. I really, like, I love the way Royce the 5'9 makes you feel like a human listening to his music he makes you feel like royce is this humble person so as much as he looks at his father as a source of something to avoid in a sense he also has the empathy and love that he can be okay and be there so that there's something to build on almost you know like it's really it's really nice but also also it's like i guess maybe a fear that if it works out for him it works out for royce too because some of that colonoscopy stuff could be genetic um i'm walking across a suicidal tightrope intentionally while the demons coming out me wifey's on the side of me talking sense to me without me i feel incomplete mentally she's been sent to me and i love that too because um in the last five years of my life i've had uh, the wifey on my side we can say and my life has gotten to a point where i appreciate how she talks sense into me and even the calmer more intellectual tone the review has taken away from maybe the more juvenile aggressive tone it was when i started like all of this has a lot to do with wifey talking to my ear and to know that like i guess royce has like that woman that rock in his life to like keep him focused and knowing that i go through these emotional situations and knowing that in my life she keeps me focused like that i like that i like relating to my favorite rappers that's just fun for me to be able to go hey favorite rapper he has human experiences like me and i i like that and i think we need more of that uh, in life in general especially admitting like just the struggles we go through and whatnot anyway what i also love is um when he cuts ahead, he's like comments on his daughter. But when he goes, targeting my kids and babies through population and gun control, shit make me want to make a hundred more, make a bigot racist uncomfortable. And I love that because he kind of touches into some social political situations as in there is a, a prevalent theory that the way hoods are set up with the guns and the liquor stores and the, the bad habits and the way the family unit is fragmented is an active attempt uh, from a racist system to kill young black people and keep them from procreating. Like you're encouraged to get abortions and all these things, but it's... um perceived as a sense of population control i'm not knowledgeable enough on the subject to say yes or no either way but to hear royce speak on it in this day and age and to kind of fight against that shit i find it really interesting and his response is to breed and make more black kids in the world to make a bigot racist and comfortable like you can't stop us we will multiply and we will thrive it's, it feels so powerful and the fact that like the first time you're hearing rice on the album you hear him being like you know i hope my dad's gonna be okay i got out of a, a bad environment um i'm trying to you know stack and come around here my wife keeps me grounded or wifey uh, I don't know if they're married. Um, my kids are important. Racism is fucking bad. I'm like, that's a lot of content to be dropping in like the first verse of this track here, which is cool because it adds spice to this Eminem project. It makes it a little bit more tasty. Um, and then I love the way he ends his verse because conceptually he uses language to again speak against people. If y'all against talk and reparation, then I'm not against the thought of separation. So here it's saying that, look, at the end of the day, if y'all don't want to play ball, and he, this is very Malcolm X-y, I find. Um, 
if y'all don't want to give back and make up for the past sins of the generation, he's like, that's totally cool. You do you. We'll go separate and make our own thing over there that has nothing to do with you, in which case he is talking to the ignorant white folk out there. Um, while the politicians that are white and privileged ask how is this different from segregation, he responds with, that's funny, bro. And I agree with him because before he says the next line, I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a funny thing that we do. And by we, I mean privileged white folk of the not poor variety because – I'm straight middle class, so at this point, like, sometimes I say some shit, and I'm like, damn, when did I stop being lower at, like, I used to be poor when I was young, like, we grew up on welfare type shit, and now I'm, like, kind of detached from that, and have to really check my privileges and things in life, and I don't say these words as SJW buzz crap, I mean, my last name is Roy, a French last name in Quebec, there are literal tangible benefits in terms of job applications than if your last name is henry let's say because that's not a french last name so i've seen some shit go down in terms of just nepotism and crap like that and so i appreciate where he's coming from when people feign ignorance because it benefits them i digress that's not necessarily the fun content but that's the real content that we're getting um i like how he answers the question though and that's something that i don't think a lot of people take the time to do so he puts up with the fact that he still has to explain shit that is probably self-evident to many people but segregation is being told where i'm gonna go as in y'all forced me into the hood into these bad environments and you segregated it and if y'all don't really understand what segregation is about there were like literal laws that would state that a lease of a house could not be sold to a black person in a sense forcing neighborhoods like having neighborhoods where it would be literally illegal for black people to live so they were literally forced into other neighborhoods where they had to be that is what segregation is about it's you can't be here you must be there where he responds then with separation is being woke and going wherever i want to go and in this point we kind of migrate to but like the difference is is the end result looks the same we over here you're over there but the difference is you told me to go here in your version i chose to be here in my version based on my own accord and i love that i just i think it's powerful i think it's strong and i think it's explanatory in a way that's dope then you get the hook coming back in and i feel like now it slaps harder because you've got that verse from royce which is set up the context and the aggression and the strength of just overcoming consequence and then you're going what's eminem gonna do because like I thought back to the Rainy Days song with Boogie where on that album, Boogie had been kind of like struggle and then Eminem's verse kind of felt, my legacy is important. And it felt like out of touch. So I was a little worried we were going to go there. I can tell you, I'm not worried about it no more. I have faith that an Eminem album is going to be proper because he starts off with like, never sold dope from the gold rope. One on one though, they were so dope was a have not because my pockets didn't have knots i was so broke on my last rock from my slingshot better haul ass don't be no slow poke through the tall grass when your ass off um so he kind of looked at the fashion the gold ropes and shit you know like conventional drug dealer you know attire in terms of the stereotypes and he comments i didn't do what they did but i wanted one and so he's being straight up about it but even though he never went down that life he was still poor and broke and i love the way i love the way he goes from have not to have nots as in like you know i guess stacks or whatever i was so broke instead of so dope and i just like the way he plays it like that's so cool i'm not very cool on my last rock because in the sense selling rocks would be like referenced in the chorus but and his last rock 
which is different than the crack being referenced in the chorus. He's talking about literally being a little tomfoolery with a slingshot and shit. Then he makes a poke bar. Now, what I learned about Pokemon is if it has to do with Pokemon, you just put poke in front of it and it's a totally acceptable term. So this is a bar, but it's actually a poke bar because better haul ass, don't be no slow poke. Slow poke is a Pokemon, right? Okay, it's just dope. Through the tall grass, because when you in the tall grass, that's when the Pokemon appear. Eminem plays Pokemon. That was the fucking coolest part about this album for me. I'm just picturing Eminem playing Pokemon Go. I'm just picturing Eminem sitting there on the tour bus playing Pokemon Silver and shit. And that is awesome imagery in my mind. Anyway, run your ass off. Oh no, don't get your pants caught on the fence post. And that's interesting because when you're running through Pokemon, you can jump over the fences, the fence post, and when you go down. And I thought I was kind of playing in again. Um, maybe, maybe I'm stretching there, but still, when you're running, you don't want to get caught. Getting chased by them jack boys, think it's about to fuzz. But meanwhile, if you really think about what he's saying, he's like, yo, I'm in the hood and I'm trying to get away from people trying to beat me down and shit. Like a lint roller, they wait till it's light, then they tiptoe through your living room window, take your Nintendo, then skate, making you feel like you got bent over and raped. Little boy, you're never going to get no rope chain. Get your shit stole and your lips swole. And I'm like, oh, fuck, eh? And Eminem's doing that thing here where he goes into his past and like tells us some stories about where he comes from and kind of gives us that humility to explain like a little bit why he's so unaccommodating. So if we look at the first track on this project, we have Eminem kind of introducing the theme, the point and giving a sensible answer to like the media, the fans and everybody about where he is and what he's doing. Unaccommodating kind of goes into how fucking dope he is and how he sets bars and he's just not going to listen to people and they're going to perceive him as unaccommodating in the sense that he does what he does. So he's like, I am this. Now you're going to learn. He's kind of going and explaining a little bit of his past to justify how he became so unaccommodating in this and going like bringing you back because you know in a sense premonition is the present unaccommodating is the future in a, in a sense and now we're going a little bit to the past to look at how we got to this place and i think it's so fucking cool anyway so he gets better he gets you know a little bit older i'm just like Again, not going to read literally everything, but I, I like when it goes, then I began to explode, detonate. Now the east side went schizo, thought my name was B-side because they flipped my tape over. And that's cool, right? Because that would imply that his shit was so fire that once they got through the A side of the tape, they had to flip it over and uh, play it because they just couldn't get enough of it. And I'm like, that's that's pretty cool. Um, Anyway, there's a lot more to, in this song for real though, and I won't hesitate to get them all bent so it is shit. Oh shit, bro, hold up, wait, I just tripped over my cape, Superman, and that made me think about the track Superman. Um, I'm not gonna let up, treat the paper like I'm chopping a letter, Drail tell you how I shred, so when you refer to the guy next to the dock, you meant shredder. And I like how he's kinda does his little uh, Ninja Turtles bar there, but basically he creative music and he kept flipping it and getting faster and he started chopping up life and language and just being fucking dope with it um anyway now the cops want to set up roadblocks on my head i got several bounties from feds in every county i'm with a gal at a checkers uh wild and bump and fuck the police while i fed her rallies and i kind of feel what he's doing there is saying that i went crazy with all my shit and then the social police are setting up these roadblocks so it's kind of again commenting on the media and other people and how they're kind of getting in without an understanding of him just trying to run and get the escape and i like the rebellious rambunctious nature of playing fuck the police against these people just showing his attitude um 
This shit's like the romper room. Why do I feel responsible for these kids, all of whom I'm a father to? I'm a god. Y'all better worship the water I walk on or y'all gonna meet your Waterloo. Um, so here we have him kind of looking at the whole industry and all these people who are criticizing him who honestly, we're all inspired by Eminem. There ain't nobody in hip hop that at least half these people talking about him that to some degree or another can't trace their inspirations back to him, you know? So in a sense, he's responsible for the hate, which is interesting, right? Because he fathered up a whole bunch of shit, you know? And then either worship the dude or he's going to kill you like at the Battle of Waterloo. And then the mic's a murder weapon. Anyway, uh, then he's got a couple more things that are dope. Like I'll pop up and take a spot from you. I'll get to doing what a leaky faucet do. But I ain't talking drip when I say I'll get a drop on you. So it basically they drip and they drop the leaky faucets so he's gonna clip you because that's what it is he's gonna attack like that um singing fuck all of you in autotune which is fun because he's saying like i'm gonna come in at that and i'm too volatile and too grizzly to bear because a grizzly bear is a volatile creature anyway yeah shit's getting to where i can barely even sit in a chair i bust my ass for the shit and i swear it ain't even worth dissing someone so offbeat that they can't even figure out where their words should hit with their kick and the snare and i i kind of did that on purpose because he fucks with his timing like that and basically he's like oh the industry's kind of fucked everybody's doing it wrong sound engineers is fucking fixing everything and then commenting again on how corny everything is he's like is it really worth like dissing somebody especially like a nick cannon who's offbeat they don't really know how to rap properly like what people are just gonna go fucking diss eminem make a bunch of trash but at the end of the day they don't really get the math and science that drives a proper flow so like what's the fucking point he's like eminem's wasting his time on this shit anyway i like to say track kind of ends there it cuts off the chorus comes through one more time and like i said earlier i gave this one a 4.5 i thought it was a great track all things considered it is a great way to flow this album forward and then we get into our first interlude the alfred interlude so here uh dr dre who i believe created these skits according to wikipedia's uh credits at least um kind of adds some music and fucks around with the the sound and the tone of this and um adds uh just takes the alfred hitchcock thing so he's like how do you do ladies and gentlemen my name is alfred hitchcock and this is music to be murdered by and i like the way it just starts like and again showing showing love to the influence to it but also like kind of bringing a piece of history back it sounds really cool right because in a sense eminem is is kind of laid down like a blatant assault on everybody already at this point as we've gone through like he's established some shit so again he's reminding us that what this album is supposed to be is essentially music to be murdered by it's him and coming through but in an eminem album you can definitely look at skits um as top level topic changes so the first three tracks kind of are about him and his career. Now we have an introduction segue piece that's going to, and what I believe is going to happen is the idea of murdering shifts here as we move in a different direction. Um, this is mu mood music in a jugular vein. So it's something to listen to and atmospheric in a sense. 
but it'll like you know be kind of murderous because the jugular if you like pop that you're dead in like seconds or whatever because it fucking pumps up so much fucking blood so why don't you relax lean back and enjoy yourself until the coroner comes so the whole point is that the you know like you're supposed to be like murked listening to it it's supposed to fuck you up i mean eminem fucked me up with this album so i got murdered listening to this shit no problem like i would never think to diss eminem now which i, I think is the point where i might have wanted to diss him even a week ago maybe i'm not saying i did i'm saying i might have thought it and been like yeah it's a good idea what's i'm gonna do i'm like no no no, he's gonna murder me i haven't felt that in such a long time it's really dope but i also wondered if the, a double a double point on this was to uh take a little shot at joe budden uh because he has his mood music series and he's like taking mood music like joe's attempts and so i not like i'm gonna jack it up i'm gonna slash what he did and repurpose it for much better purposes either way i thought this really fit the album i thought it like is completely listenable like you know sometimes skits kind of break up the flow of things or they're comical but you don't always want to hear them i felt like as i listened through this it just kind of added to it and really did serve as a palate cleanser to move into the next track which is fire by the way so i thought that was really cool and as far as skits go honestly it really worked to add value to the project and to make it more like an art project and less again like an album like something bigger than was before i don't know there's also something about alfred hitchcock's voice which is just so haunting and adds effect so this was perfect this was a five on five and it wasn't longer than it needed to be it was quick 30 seconds on to the next one what is the next one you may ask well it's those kind of nights Oh, something I forgot to bring up in terms of, it's not even related to this track, it's more related to You Gonna Learn, I should have said it there, is um, a big criticism that was levied at uh, Eminem, especially by Joe Budden, is the lack of featuring Slaughterhouse members or promoting his label guys. And one could argue he did not put uh, any of the Griselda folk on this project. Budden could also say that they have a distribution thing in place rather than actually being signed, so it's not fully the same. But he did put Royce on his album for like the first time in a very long time, like ages. So that was really cool. And all the Slaughterhouse makes an appearance, as you know, at the end of the project. So that was another response to criticism that Eminem took seriously. And the fact that he was willing to listen to criticism, adapt himself, behave in the way that the criticism said you could be better while then shitting on the people who were just being haters it comes off really tight. And then one of the things Eminem said, fuck y'all too, is working with Ed Sheeran, I'm gonna do it anyway, brought in Ed Sheeran. What also happened here, actually caught me off guard, Bizarre shows up, so you have Bizarre on the intro, damn girl with your sexy ass, let me holla at ya. And then the Ed Sheeran, it's just one of those nights, and you're like, what? The beat, by the way, is just something special. It's just this funky club banger. It reminds me a lot of the, the fun, dancey vibe of White Trash Party, um, or one of those kinds of songs. And I really, I really love that side of Eminem, like the, that Nate Dogg Eminem, like shake. Duh, as, as for me like that whole world that whole like oof, it just feels good and i guess it's cool because it feels like eminem's at like a, a point in his sobriety where it's like he can like think back to this and really just make this kind of a song again and i guess it doesn't like fuck with them or something because i can imagine for a while it might be challenging during your sobriety to like tap into that i don't know maybe i'm just speculating here either way 
having Bizarre there, and then the way this starts, this beat's taking me back to my D12 days when we hit the club and go to hell raise. And everything about the energy and the lyrics, it, it really, it takes me back to those days. Like, I'm thinking, it sounds like that young, ripped, on fire, ready to go Eminem. Like, the rambunctious, doesn't give a fuck, shady, which, it's kind of nice. I'm not even going to lie. Um, when we hit the club and go to Hellraise, probably end up bagging the cocktail waitress and taking her straight back to the Motel 8. And I'm like, that does sound wild. It sounds like they're not necessarily superstardom yet. And they're just going around. They're like fucking ripping it up, trying to get laid, doing some grungy white trash shit, going to the $50 four-hour motel type shit. Bizarre is just trying to get a lap dance off of Xanax and Jack Dance. So he's kind of ripped. The stricker, and it's like, the way he spits, it just has that like fun Eminem's going nuts kind of thing now like I said earlier I think there's a transition in tone in the album in terms of what we're leading up to and I'll get to it a little bit more as we move along on the album but I definitely think uh we're kind of again thinking back and Eminem is kind of you know having some fun wild shit going on and that's kind of maybe part of that but if you think about it it's also kind of a, a commentary on what we all do for fun in theory, like what pop culture would believe, everyone's getting fucked up on painkillers and getting drunk and trying to fuck girls and going out there and being crazy. And if you listen to like pop music, Eminem is basically making a modern rap pop song in terms of the content, right? Like, and he's doing it his way and he's making it significantly better i would argue because um it's stuff like the goofiness of stripper walk by i'm like god damn and she's like that's harassment i'm like yeah and like i'm at a fucking strip club like what are you gonna do like seriously here and i think it's funny though that he's also commentating on the irony of a stripper and in a sense if you think about the bigger picture like instagram models or basically people strip it on camera and shit in their music videos and he's like yeah and like what are you gonna do you're, you're kind of in this world and i i just thought it had this airy carefree delivery and then he goes holy toledo it's miss ohio that's the best ass i've seen in a while and i'm like this is fun like he's just being silly and then i found out toledo is in ohio so it kind of plays like that we should be dating she's from cleveland she's a bengal this chick is caddy so bengals are cats right the bengals is cleveland sports team cleveland is in ohio and the whole verse just plays in up on ohio well really hot like it's just, and while commenting on this girl with a fine ass that he wants to fuck is that a mini skirt or is it a maxi so i guess the sh it shows sh the skirt is so short it's basically only purpose is to cover the or, i don't know cover the badge i don't know maybe i missed that one that's the shortest thing for a dress since an addy get it address is shortened to addy but also an Adderall maybe would help you get out of the dress drug reference too. And it's like, it's layered like that because Eminem is just clever. But so the shirt, it's just, I'm enjoying this. I really, really am enjoying going through these lyrics. She said, fuck off and threw a liquor at me. It's just one of those nights. And then I said, and then Ed Sheeran comes through creating. So it's almost like Eminem strikes out with this girl and he thinks he's a fat ass because he's all fucked up and wrecked. And I thought it's just like, at the end of the day, Eminem strikes out here. And I think that adds to it because he's acting like a shit, not being respectful. So he doesn't get the girl while commenting on the weirdness of her desire to be like respected in that moment. Anyway, and then Ed Sheeran's chorus is dope. Basically like 
kind of generic Ed Sheeran-y, um, smoke and bottles on me, I'm flossing, you look good, we dance, etc. It's going to be one of those crazy nights until the break of dawn when everyone's fucked up. And then Eminem's back again, and it's like, this beat keeps taking me back like my ex does, only because of how good the sex was. And I like that because it kind of relates to the first verse, which is a good way to start it, but it kind of... It's commenting on how like the beat is bringing him back in his memories and then his ex-girlfriend's there but something i liked is how in a lot of ways in our modern culture when we break up if it's great sex you have a lot of trouble really breaking up and then you get horny and lonely and the next thing you know you're fucking your ex and all this other shit um then either way he goes on to the next club and meets alexa which is fascinating right especially because alexa could be like a reference to maybe like literally um the internet or or something like that you know related to the amazons and shit maybe i'm reading again too much into it but she was so extra clutter etc i like that because you know that's what you would put when something's so extra in terms of descriptiveness like there's too many things he would be like and she's this that etc it's like so extra and had her like oh my god my whole ipod's filled with your songs i mow my lawn to them i think that's funny because i could just picture eminem really encountering all these moms and stuff and all these women who have homes in the burbs that literally just do mow their lawns listening to slim shady and then he kind of responds and does his thing uh, marshall whatever and then he's like jokes aside and i like how he's so silly and using his oh my god blah 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 becky oh my like his the same voice he used in my band uh when he was doing the like oh my god becky it's eminem you know whatever please let me please let me like that, that part of that song so it kind of goes back to that voice which is cool because he's like thinking back to the d12 days which is pretty dope anyway so he goes you straight as in like you okay you know in terms of sobriety and being focused or whatever and then she's like no i'm bi and he she goes are you drunk he goes i'm high he's checking out this chick she's like so am i and i like how he just kind of plays through and he's got this crazy bye high chick and then she gets the promethazine runs back uh she goes cool gotta run out to my cadillac though so i'll be like fat joe and bring the lean back that was one of my favorite bars too because it's it's dope but basically she's going to get the lean and bringing the lean back but fat joe lean back anyway then uh, the the next verse comes through and i like the part i like how it starts like he cuts off Ed Sheeran. It's just one of those OMG, like the gas in the tank, she getting low on me. And I thought that was funny, just the way he did that. Like, he probably has met up with a bunch of these chicks, and he's trying to get used to dealing with the younger demographic. Anyway, she wants to go with me. She said, out. I'm like, I'm like a candle. I'll put, I'll go out if you blow on me. And so if you blow on a candle, the flame goes out. But if you blow on Eminem's penis, he'll feel happier and more inclined to go out with you and have a good time. Um walker to the parking lot here comes the brigade turn like a flip page shift uh, swifty look shit face say peace to mcveigh me and this chick take a piece off like a sick day um sorry me and this chick take off like a sick day so i like that because he shouts out swifty and he's out there and he's cruising with her and then when what do you do when you have a sick day it means you're taking off your day of work. So that, that's a dope bar too. Um, and she's like driving around. I said, let's pull over. She said, no problemo. Because um, we're getting up to one of my favorite bars on the album again. Windows are dark tint. Roll up the car windows. So now you're hidden over there. Monte Carlo and Park bumping Bizarre's demo. So you can almost picture him having this moment where he meets this chick at the club. Playing Bizarre's demo. Then getting head in the bucket. That's his car. Marshmallow. 
I didn't get that bar at first. It went over my head like five times. And then I had this moment where I'm sitting there and I just was like, ah, real loud. And Biden got mad at me. And I realized Marshmallow, his whole gimmick is that he has his head in a fucking bucket. So he's getting head in a bucket. Marshmallow. And I'm like, this is dope. And then it's never in the club, met a woman worth knowing. But if you hoe in, opposites attract. I'm someone, you're a no one. So he's in the club, he's famous. These girls are just whatever, they're hoes. But then he actually ends this 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 song on some of the one of the best lyrics in terms of the cool and complexity. I'm high in your bye. So high and bye is in hello, goodbye from that point of view. But I'm high as in I'm, I'm high. And you already said you're bye because she said that earlier in the track. So that's cool. I'm coming, you're going. So both high and bye and coming and going are opposites, which is a good literary device. But in this doubles over to I'm high and you're a bisexual girl, which makes you super fun. When I'm coming, when I finish and ejaculate, you're going, you're leaving because you just a one night hoe like the opposites that attract because I'm someone. And you're no one and that's just kind of his reality and ed sheeran probably has that reality a lot too just throwing it out there ed sheeran is quite famous and quite loved across these uh these parts in the world um i don't know about canada actually but i'm pretty sure he's popular here anyway this song is fantastic this song is an amazing single like the way he utilizes the the fun airy nature of ed sheeran mixed with his hilarious mix of like him trying to like you know get laid and go through this whole shape the double entendre is just overall it's an amazing track um it's phenomenal it's great and easy to listen to the beat the beat just makes you want to dance it makes you want to grab a girl and start grinding type shit i love it i love the fact that i guess this is our fourth actual song on the album holy crap when i look at how much time i've been recording for we're only on track five Oy. um but when I uh, when I consider how how different every single song has been compared to the last, how every single one of them has been great and consistent, and just how fun it's it's kind of been to listen to this murdering experience. Either way, I gave this a five on five. I thought it was wonderful, and I hope that people aren't gonna watch this review and be like, "Damn, this dude's going in too deep." I feel like I've, I've gone. And taking a couple little bathroom breaks and i hope that the audio is consistent as i slightly move around the room uh, between tracks um anyway this song is another on the 4.5 range for me equal quality in terms of concept and depth and what's really incredible about this track is eminem talking about women and his relationships is, is a weird one for me it's either he can do it really really well or it's like on Kamikaze and it's a super weird and uncomfortable experience to listen to where you're not necessarily certain what his point is. However, I feel like the way he approached this complex uh, relationship dichotomy, um, which is a double entendre, I think this is the phase of his album where we're talking about drugs and his relationship with drugs and shit, which is tied into the fame, right? Because one of the things people want is for eminem to go back into his past and be in a different psyche and shit so the the whole like interlude changes the tone those nights does present getting fucked up and doing a lot of drugs and going crazy right so it's it paints it in such a good time but also in that fucked up way but in a sense now the relationship is started so meanwhile while he has his actual relationship with let's say kim or whoever it is he's dating he has this affair that's going on now the way this song is written it totally absolutely works as being 
an affair with another woman and the complexities of maintaining an affair over years. So something you hear about a lot is rappers who have side chicks in this, but nobody looks into the psychology of what happens two years later after maintaining two relationships in the con in secret like that. Like, And I love the fact that, again, in that humanistic approach to music, Eminem takes on a topic where, frankly, nobody really discusses it. Nobody really goes through this. So the other, but then if you look at the other meaning, it could also be drug addiction. So this could never work is what we said at first, but whatever this is, it's working, but we're in two different worlds and I'm not your husband and you ain't my girlfriend. So if you do have an affair with somebody else, there's a good chance where it starts off like it can't be real or both with other people and stuff, but it could also be like drugs. Like it's never going to happen from when you're young. Just say no and it's ingrained into you. I'm never going to be that person. I'm never going to have that relationship with it. Um, but then you start doing it and all you know is that even though everything's wrong, when I'm with you, I'm a different person and I ain't never met a chick as perfect. Girl, you're a 10. So here I am laying here with her again, thinking about you. Now, here's the thing. I've had moments in my past where I can relate to this, where perhaps you want to consume a fiery green plant. And I had a relationship where I may have enjoyed that substance more than the actual affection of people in my life for a while as I coped with pain and darkness over chasing those kind of nights. So what I, whatever you might think about the addictive nature of anything, I can tell you that... I know what it feels like to be lying there next to somebody and craving something else entirely, not wanting to be in that moment, uh, just wanting something else to not, to not be happy here as we'll get to. So I love the fact that this serves as a metaphor. Like it could be video games. It could be freaking anything really. Um, so while it could be another woman, I love the metaphor. I love the way he wrote this because it just sounds so realistic. Like you have your life, your main love that you're supposed to be focused on and then there's everything else that's getting in the way. But uh, the realism in it, like thinking about you, she's asleep, you're texting me around too. So in the morning, in the middle of the night, that might be when you sneak off to go do drugs, but it also might be when your girlfriend who also can't, your side chick who also can't sleep texts you the crying face emoji saying, this is me without you. So, you know, cute flirting with it, sneaking off to cheap hotel rooms or sex in the car, then I'll text you tomorrow. Do I question it? Nah, no objection at all because both of us are still involved. So I'm peeling it off. All I'm thinking about is how he's not happy here. So it's a miserable situation, right? Sneaking around, having these casual cheap hookups, like hitting the motels uh, in the car here and there. And again, this could be about drugs just because, you know, it all works out that you're sneaking off to have this like side relationship that you're hiding from somebody else. Um, and at the end of the day, you're not happy because you want to be over there and you're stuck over here in this world. And the way it boils down to is how I'm not happy here. And that chorus just hits like he's got that singy voice he does. And it just has this heavy tone to it, but he's not happy here with her, rather have you, because you're not happy there, rather have me, but we're just in too deep. So it kind of pictures like maybe there's wives and there's kids involved, maybe the relationships are complicated, tied into business. Whatever it is, nobody's leaving their status quo. Um, and I just kind of like how he then flips into her ver uh, version of things, how things are going. So in his side of it, he's there, he's sneaking off, whatever. He has his thing under control, but simultaneously, there's her perspective where she's laying with him thinking about me. He's asleep. You're like, let's meet around three in the middle of the night. You want to leave. He catches her sneaking out. He's freaking out. 
And then I like how it's like they go through the part where it's like he was she thought he was sleeping. She's like, no, I'm just going for a drive. And then she gives him a bunch of lines, pump his ears with what he wants to hear, how he love him. And no, I want to be with you. And then don't you worry about whatever. And then you're crying each other's tears and everything's going to be okay, shit. Because, you know, if you're going out at three in the morning, there's a good chance maybe something's not right. But um he follows up with it's been a couple of years since we've been doing dirt you or my girl don't want to see either of you get hurt and i was like that's interesting right because that's the part where i feel like a lot of people don't really like look into it like when you can't tell anymore uh who you're actually dating who is your partner and who is the side thing because emotionally speaking it, it's the lines are really blurred. I like when he's like, I can't tell if I'm cheating on her with you or cheating on you uh, with her, but really nobody's at fault. Can't help who you love. Hope they don't hear us talk because we're both are getting pretty uh, sloppy. Probably because subconsciously part of me is hoping we get caught. So it's like when you are involved in something bad, it adds like a certain degree of stress. So yes, he wants to be with her, but now it's complicated and living every day with this this double life probably weighs down on him. So over time, you you try less hard. At first, it's like super mad security, Fort Knox, you'll never get caught type shit. Like look both ways all the time before you even open up the phone, make sure she can never see it type shit to you're practically answering text sitting next door on the couch when she could look over at any moment kind of thing. So I'm just like saying, I like the way he, he plays it because there's a degree of realism to it. This is kind of what happens. But simultaneously, if you flip it to the drug conversation, the way he flips up the end of that verse, at first when you're trying to hide your drug addiction or whatever, you're going to be real careful. You're going to do everything you can to hide it. And it's not anybody's fault. You love what you love. You're kind of stuck in this addiction being a disease and etc. And you kind of hope nobody catches you, but your level of effort that you put into hiding from the world, what you're hooked on kind of fades over time because when you weigh on secrets like that, you end up having this subconscious desire to share it with people. And I just thought it was so, it, it just hit hard. It was so real. Um, Again, the beat and whatever, it's a little less good. So it's a little less sucking me in on that point of view. But lyrically and conceptually, it's just freaking dope, you know? Then you got the third verse where it keeps going. We're laying here with them thinking about us because well, when we get home, we get jealous of each other being someone else's. Call us Long John Silvers because we sell fish. Get it? Selling fish because they're Long John Silvers ocean bars. No, but like I love the way it evolves, right? Because now it's like, it's moved into the irrational like we, they both go home to the partners and they're jealous that like you're you have a, a boyfriend even though like you're both doing it and fair things aren't necessarily fair and then it's like i don't i just want to see you regardless you know i don't care if it's at the ritz or a motel six if it's fancy or poor rich anything like that I'm just with you. I could be around you forever. Stare. But I like when it's like, when I'm laying here with you, it could be the kitchen floor. Now, that's an interesting part because it kind of is a subtle nod to like when uh, you think back to the Relapse album, when he's talking about how he they found him on the kitchen floor popping a bunch of pills and shit. So he's just so obsessed with it that he doesn't care to the point where it could be just lying there on the kitchen floor stoned out of his mind. He could be staying in bed staring at you till the morn. So that could 
also reflect being zonked and just kind of staring aimlessly at the wall and shit. Uh, I just want to be your secret lover. I'd rather share you than to not have you at all. So once a year, twice a month, I'm here if you want it. Yeah, I'm open season. Oh, I'm always game, so I keep it 100 deer. Get it? Because game is like when you're going hunting, open season hunting bars. So you keep it 100 deer, as in the woman, because he's like being honest with her. But it's also hunting bars. It's fucking dope. But um, for real, I just... I love the cadenceness of all of this and how it just kind of is like the begrudging acceptance of being with like two mistresses in your life in a sense and uh because we could never be each other's everything so you got a wedding ring so it's him instead of me i'll be your second string now and forever because and then he does the chorus again um and i like the way he ad-libs the choruses at the end he does that a few times where he just starts ad-libbing it later on on the track um that's pretty cool and i, I like the again the honesty of this i like how at the end of the day, there is no happy ending. It's more like you're stuck in this mutual limbo where you take what you can kind of get from the situation as opposed to actually ever getting that full sense of satisfaction. So it's almost like saying when you go into these moments, you're never going to be happy. It's just going to end up in this lukewarm misery that he seems to be describing here with such level of success. Um, like I said, I get this a 4.5. Track's just about done here. And here's what's up. I'm going to clip this for the end of part one. Looking at the time, I don't want to go over uh, two hours in any one particular part anymore. That's just how we are at with this channel. So... I, I, it's got to be cut. Um, we're already doing that much. There's still a lot of the album to go do. So I'm going to go edit this and try to get this out as fast as possible. Then I'm going to record parts two, three, however long it takes to get through the rest of the project because it's, it's super dope. And some of the best parts haven't happened yet. Like there's been great parts so far. But like there are some seriously powerful things to talk about coming up and I'm really excited. So let me know in the comments what you think of the album so far, part one. Keep in mind that I will get to the other tracks, but I'd still, if you want to tell me now, you want to tell me how you feel about Darkness, spoiler alert, let me know right away. Tell me what your favorite songs are. Are you excited to see what Eminem does next? All that good stuff. Let me know in the comments. Anyway, like the video if you did. Subscribe to the channel for more reviews, uh, part two and probably three. And uh, yeah, like all that stuff. Special thanks to the patrons, Ismail Kadamsi, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, Coney Sparks, and Scribble. They're dope. They support me. Do help us get the new camera, get on the Spotify, all that good shit. Um, they also get to tell us about albums to review, so don't worry. I know I got all your requests in order. They're all coming as fast as we can get them done. Eminem did distract us a little bit, but no, we get in everything when it's supposed to be, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I also make music myself. I'm not going to claim to be an Eminem type person in terms of skill and, and talent, but I would love for you to check it out. I love me know what you think you can find links to it in the description i'm on spotify holding stefan roy the alternative grind is my latest release anyway thanks um yeah i'm gonna end it now live long and prosper everyone